Hi, everyone. Welcome to Metaphysical. Have you seen Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull? Well, did you know that it's based on a real crystal skull said to possess mysterious powers? And amazingly, it's not the only one that's been found. These little understood relics seem to be from civilizations past or maybe other worlds. Want to hear the strange history we dug up? Then join remote viewer John Vivanco and me investigative researcher Rob Counts for a show that's out of this world. John. Rob. Brother, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I always get so excited for this show. It's my, it's like, it's fun. So much fun. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, if you guys are at home listening to this, the Metaphysical Podcast, if you could remember to leave us a review because the review is actually going to help us reach more people. More people are going to see this podcast and we're going to get this information into uh, the mainstream society, which is sorely needed right now with uh, everything going on. Really? You think we'll get this into mainstream society? Um, You're well, so positive. It kind of already is, really. I mean, today's episode yeah. is about the Crystal Skull. We have even Dan Aykroyd going on the Joe Rogan show talking about this stuff, you know. And who hasn't watched Indiana Jones? So yeah. Or Dan yeah. Aykroyd. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Indiana Jones, uh, that last Crystal Skull movie really blew. It sucked. It was yeah. terrible. It ruined it. I don't even remember movie. watching it. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. And they... They basically brought in like all of this like nonsense, elongated skull on Anaki stuff, alien stuff into the entire thing, which kind of have nothing to do with the real Crystal Skull story, aside from the right. fact that perhaps the Crystal Skulls were created by aliens. We don't know. Hmm. Hmm. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. Yes. There's nothing to say yet because we haven't gotten to that part of the show. But yeah, look at the skull there. It's definitely aliens. Got the big eyes. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, like, that movie was so uneventful to me that I just, I forgot that I even watched it. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things um, going on with these crystal skulls um, that I think, you know, people have been talking about in different circles, right? Like the supposed effects from being around these crystal skulls. So like one is people have experienced healings, um, expanded psychic abilities, information transfer where the, where the skulls actually deliver information to the person that it's around. Um, I guess using supernormal or other dimensional means, I have no idea. And then um, activates certain parts of the brain and uh, I guess activates your third eye because uh, it, it is reported to cause visions in people that are around the, the real ones, not the, you know, the hundreds that are probably made in uh, thousands upon yeah. thousands, if not millions. I mean, you can you can buy you can go to a crystal shop and buy uh, any type of little crystal skull. Right. Um, and I've seen that there are forums online where people are talking about the effects of those even and how they've had amazing effects. Of course, you know, anthropomorphizing Think about a skull too. skull is always that <clears throat> it's that idea of, of something that is mysterious because we all die and it results in a skull being left. And so there's this mystery about it. So there's going to be a lot of just psychological energy tied up in the visual of a skull. 
it's scary to us, but it's it also is. got this mystery behind it. And it's also potentially an object of power, right? If I have a, I, I drink my coffee from, from the, uh, from a skull. Didn't you know that, you know, I received the power from it. I'm just kidding. I don't, do but I mean, you know, it's that do you really do that, John. <laughs> I do Rob. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it's, it's that thing. It's like, it draws out this feeling of, of what's beyond in people. Hmm. And, and so there is going to be a lot of at least psychological energy around it. It's inevitable. There's a lot of speculation around these skulls being sort of like cosmic hard drives. Okay. And I actually have a clip from ancient aliens that I want to show in a moment. But before that, I'm going to read this quote from a guy named Joshua Shapiro, who was the co-author of this book called The Mysteries of the Crystal Skulls Revealed, who kind of reported a bunch of these things that we just went over, right? Like the healing and all of that stuff. And the quote here is, we believe the crystal skulls are, are a form of computer which are able to record energy and vibration that occur around them. The skull will totally replay all events or images of the people who have come into contact with them, i.e. they contain the history of our world. Um, so that's interesting. I mean, the idea that crystals carry energy is not wrong, I don't think. I mean, the entire Atlantean technology was supposed to have revolved around some form of biotechnology crossed with like crystalline power, a crystal power somehow. And I mean, what's weird is even crystals, they have to use crystals to make certain electronics function properly. We're talking about like uh, watches. Um, hey, the iPhone has a crystal in it, right? So, oh, yeah. I mean, every digital, near every microcircuit that we have these days from our refrigerators to the computers, doesn't matter. It's got crystals in it because crystals are a transistor and they can regulate electricity. So don't you so think you, that's interesting? Right? It is interesting. And I mean, crystals will produce a piezoelectric charge. They, they, they will produce energy when there's pressure put on them. And a, what, define a piezoelectric charge for everybody at home. It's a, a static electricity. Basically, it will produce a static electricity, potentially even light up when you hit it, if you hit it very hard. So so it has uh, that capability and that's used in all electronics because you think about these microcircuits <clears throat> and the amount of regulation of electricity um, that goes into that. It's got to be regulated mm. and crystal can take energy, take, take electricity and literally calm it down or speed it up to a specific hertz based on how big that little piece of crystal is and what shape it is. Right. Um, you know, so then you had computer companies who really researched this and even researched the skull, the crystal skull HP did in fact. Yeah. So, so it's, it's like th these are, okay. Think about where, where we came from. We came from the iron age, the iron age where, where tools and whatnot were produced around, iron um now i think, I think we're, we're in the we're in the soy age. age now we're in the soy age yeah the iron <laughs> age crystal was great, age yeah i mean literally we were in the... oh oh what'd you say we're in the crystal age now yes because yes. we use crystals for the furtherment of our technology in general mm. and i think it's just in the infancy as far as human understanding goes 
um, as far as what crystals can do. There's a lot. I mean, a crystal is full of microstructures, shapes, and every single type, every different type of crystal has different shaped microstructures than the next crystal. So for instance, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but quartz. So quartz crystal, for instance, if all of the microstructures are in a pyramid shape, well, we know about pyramids, yeah. right? Pyramids, just that shape will produce an energy. So what are you going to get? What's going to happen, yes. right? Yes. I mean, we're talking about a hun like hundreds of thousands, if not millions of microstructures in the form of a pyramid inside these things. I had this weird... Um... Uh, like desire to meditate in a crystal pyramid when you were talking. It's like, what would happen? <laughs> what you would know? happen? Yeah. Well, you know, honestly, it's like, you know, the, the ether, you know, not like, not like, you know, the kidnapping ether or the ether bunny or any, you know, like that. <laughs> it's more like, like the, the real ether, ether. Yeah. The, the fifth, ele the element, sorry, ether yeah. bunny, the fifth element, you know, that was always thought to be, uh something that was the carrier of light waves and gravity ether mm. the ether yeah but that was discounted in the late 1800s by the mitchelson morley experiment but what's been shown throughout you know that time between then and now is that scientists have come out and said that experiment's flawed and there does exist a carrier some kind of carrier of light waves and gravity and so none of that made it into the calculations of, of physics or anything like that, uh, an, an ether. Even though scientists say that, phys that, that physics experiment was flawed and there does have to exist something. So I, I think that crystals operate on the side as well as pyramids and other shapes. If you read Shape Power by Dan Davidson, talks a lot about the power of shapes. I think that they operate off of some function of converting, increasing, changing the ether and moving energy. I, I really do. And I Crazy. think that if, we, if we had this better understanding of the ether instead of discounting it, the fifth element, I think we'd get somewhere with this, at least on the side of, of science. Dude, you want to hear something crazy? You're just blowing my mind right now. Okay. In the East, right? When the le like the legends and the myths talk about this that when a person is cultivated up to a certain point their entire body basically turns almost crystalline transparent their body becomes like a diamond they actually talk about this in poems yeah. and all kinds of stuff now if 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 a crystal on the diamond being like the the king of all crystals really i mean thinking about what it does and 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 how it is how how hard it is the entire thing right and they talk about forming a body that's harder than diamond, right? If that's true about the ether and the like, these higher level beings, whatever you want to call them, like Jesus or whoever, cultivate themselves to have a body that's like that. Think about it. The crystal or the diamond mixed with the ether is what forms creation. And like, that's how, like, like if you if you really look into like how do we have stars and stuff out there? There had to have been some force that took advantage of this terrible ether and created something beautiful out of it. You know, this terrible e that's a book title. This terrible ether by Rob Jones. <laughs> 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 well, it, well, it's sort of like the it's like the the negative charge, right? The chaos, the chaos. This like thing that like 
has a terrible sort of energy that actually get because of it, it almost you can use it to turn it into something that is the creation of everything. And like, look around us. Right. Right. OK, so check this out. So referring back to, you know, what what uh, these ancient people, the Buddhist monks and whatnot have spoken about with with the a body turning into a like a crystal crystalline type yes. light form so to that specifically we have literally seen data D remote viewers have described it i viewed it as well where monks in meditation when they when they let's you know, i don't even know what the word to use for it is when they when they leave this place and they if you can call it ascending when they ascend they literally do that like we've seen it with data they literally turn into a crystal a crystalline body light form so i mean your your intuition is dead on dead on with that from what that's we crazy see. right there's wow. a transformation of the body into a crystalline structure so the crystal skull really makes sense then in terms of why use crystals like and all of that right but there's kind of a larger story to this whole thing. And I want to get your reaction to this video. Uh, it was actually on Ancient Aliens. They explained it really well, very succinctly on what the theory is behind these crystal skulls, these like 12 or 13 crystal skulls that they seem to have find, found or that they believe existed or, or were created. So, Lindsay, if you could pull that up for us and we can check this clip out, it's going to give us a lot of information that that and I want to hear your reaction to this, John. According to legend, the secret of the skulls will be revealed when the original 13 skulls come together to form a global grid. In fact, there are many who believe that this so-called reunion of the skulls will awaken sacred knowledge of the gods, knowledge that has been hidden from mankind for thousands of years. According to some Native American myths, there are 12 inhabited planets out there and each one of those skulls contains the information from one of these planets, including Earth. And the reason why there's a 13th skull is because the 13th skull contains the knowledge of all those planets. It's basically a backup. Interesting, huh? Yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, that's, a, that, that's, a, that's a really interesting thing because... There are so many artifacts that we have on this planet that are unrecognized uh, that are from previous cultures where there was alien involvement. Uh, I mean, in fact, it's like this is this is that's kind of a normal thing in reality throughout other systems that we've seen is that there's there's interaction between um, uh, different civilizations and and knowledge is passed. Knowledge is given. Now, the question I have is that what if these these crystal skulls weren't necessarily for humans in bringing that knowledge together, but but potentially for a civilization just in our past, like like Atlantean civilization or something. Right. I mean, what if what if that's misconstrued and the information that they have is really for a past civilization that's no longer here and they're Ill irrelevant to this time frame. I mean, I don't know. It's a question. It's a question I have. But I think I think that's it. I think that that 
we don't have the technology to plug into these things if if they're in fact real. That's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. yeah. We don't we don't we don't understand it. We don't get it. I mean, I know that I know that crystals are something. Like I I used to think that crystals were a new age construct. Like, well, that that little rock is going to do this to you and that rock's going to do that to you and it's sort of this I don't know, sort of belief Pseudo, like, pseudoscience. Right. This this belief that you have that it's going to do something. And so it's a mm. placebo. Right. And I I used to think that until I was standing there one day and a person that I was with had a, a crystal and and they loved crystals and I wasn't into it. I just I think I love them. I mean, you know, it's like when you're a kid, you just collect every single rock in the world. I love rocks. I love gems. They're so cool looking. But I didn't think that they did anything. So I'm standing there and I'm just, I'm zoning out and I just look over at it and I feel, literally feel palpably a jolt of energy come from it and shoot into my body like I was being hit with something. And it started to make me feel really weird inside, really, really weird. And I'm, and I'm looking at it, I'm going, something's happening. So I pick it up and it increased, the feeling increased throughout my whole body. And I couldn't understand what was happening. So I set it down and I just, I would just, I was just staring at it for a while because I was tripping out trying to understand what was going on right. here. So then this person had other crystals. So I put that one aside and I grabbed another one and it was the same thing, but a different type of energy hitting me. So I, so what I did at that point was I took all of their crystals and I felt every single one. And I wrote down what was happening inside of my body with it, going through my own little scientific yeah. process. And they all were doing different things inside of me. And, they, and I felt that they were doing different things to my physical body and my, my energetic body and emotional body. And I wrote it all down. And then this person had a book called um, The Book of Stones. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if there's any information in here that would correlate what I'm, uh, I'm feeling. I looked through the book and every single stone that I picked up and wrote down the information about was exactly what these other people were saying. Exactly. Whoa. So, so I now have a totally, totally different viewpoint of crystals and what they can do and how powerful they can be coming from just like not believing it at all and having this really impactful experience. And the thing that I found too, is that certain frequencies from crystals don't mix that well, like within the body. And it could be different for every single person. So you have to be careful with what you mix, like holding a couple of different kinds together or one after the other, because what would happen to me is that I would get this like stone sickness if I held too many stones at once or, or they were divergent to my energy and I would be sick for days, literally every single time. So I have to be careful around them. And I judge very carefully what stones I touch or have around me or not because of the impact. They're, they're very powerful. When you get to, you know, native cultures, they have sort of an animistic viewpoint of, of, of the world where, where everything has a consciousness. And with remote viewing, we've seen the same thing. You know, everything has a consciousness to it. Everything can, you can interact with and, and everything has an energy to it, a, a almost life to it. So 
I know it's absolutely, you know, anti-scientific, but. Well, so is astrology though. And so we know, astrology. we know billionaires are using that and they're right. collecting crystals. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, right. Then they're like, you conspiracy theorists are a bunch of hippies. And meanwhile, like they're, they're like art museums are filled with this stuff, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> right. So, so I'm telling you, there is a big, big power behind crystals. And when you're, you're talking about now you have a skull that is a very pristine crystalline structure that is literally cut against the axis of the crystal. It's like cutting against the grain. That was one of the things that was found out, right? It's, it, they, that thing was cut against the grain of it, which is not something you normally do because it will shatter the whole crystal. So how would you cut it against the grain? When people cut crystals, they have to go with the grain. Yeah. Right. If they don't, it shatters. Now this thing's cut against the grain. And this thing is a massive, massive, like pure crystal with tons of energy. Now add this other aspect to it, skull and whatever that relates to, you're going to have a lot of power there. It's just an inevitability. And when people have the little crystal skulls that they even buy in shops, of course, they're going to feel something from it. They are going to feel something just on the basic energetic side of it because they all have an energy to them. Yeah, yeah. And regardless, regardless of these crystal skulls that were created that are, you know, speculatively from previous civilizations or whatever, not really recommended to have a skull hanging around with as a crystal. I mean, just in terms of the symbol of the skull and what the skull means and the fact that, you know, that's what's left after a human dies. So it does carry some signature of death along with it. The You know, I don't understand the other crystal skulls i'm not going to pretend like i do but at least you know generally speaking um but i thought i think you know what the hewlett packard engineers who looked at the skull the um the mitchell hedges skull they said that the only way the skull could have been designed the way that it is is if it was polished over hundreds of years because any right. other way would have cracked or broken the skull Right. And, and that concept, that idea that something could have been polished down, the crystal could have been polished down to make that shape over a very long period of time. That's also very strange. This is uh, Ben actually interviewing. Um, what's his name? Bill Holman, the guy that has the this skull, one of these skulls. This is the Mitchell. Sorry, this is the Mitchell um, Hedges skull. In fact, right. You know, that's the that's um, an interesting thing about that skull is because HP Hewlett Packard, who did a study on it in the 1970s. I mean, they're a computer company. They're coming from the standpoint of microprocessors, right? They're coming from the standpoint of trying to understand crystalline structures and computing yes. and technology. And I think it was really interesting that they investigated this skull. It is. Um, they're they're. Their results, what they found was contradictory to the Smithsonian. So, so here you have HP who says, well, we didn't see any cut marks with, with our microscopes on this stone, where Smithsonian says they saw cut marks on it. But then also they say that, well, it would have, it would have had to have been polished over three. It took 300 years to make this thing. But the thing is... The reason why they come to that conclusion is because they don't believe that there was anything before. And we, we just go back, well, the hunter gatherers, I mean, 
they couldn't do this. So they would have to do it over this time period. Right. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what but, are you but of course, do? it's like you said, like the engineers are saying it had to have been polished because it's the only way they could have seen that type of thing to be done. But they have no idea of what a technology was like in a previous civilization if there was one. Right. So that doesn't even enter into the discussion. It's well, just it, how did modern humans create it? And let me ask you a more direct question, John. Who do you trust more, the Hewlett Packard engineers or the Smithsonian? Exactly. I mean, really, because Hewlett Packard, they're just trying to figure out scientifically, like how they can use these types of things more effectively. So they want to investigate it while the Smithsonian is more interested in a narrative. You know, and, and the other thing, too, is that these skulls don't have any like they they don't artistically look like the ones that came out of Aztec or Maya um, times. Stylistically, they're different. They don't yeah, they look are. the same. Right. Yeah. So they well, don't. So that's one of those things that they say, you know, they, they can't be from there because and they have to be fake because stylistically they don't look just like it. Yeah, but that's okay. This is what upsets me about modern archaeology. Like everyone's like, well, the, the archaeologists say this. And it's like the first guy that found this came up with some story that he thought might be was the first one to say it. And now that's the story of that thing. And we can't break that theory. I don't think that that's the way the world works, my friends. Like, okay, for instance, let's say this skull does predate culture and some of the Aztecs got a hold of it and they were like, this thing holds power and now we're going right. to use it to conduct our crazy, insane rituals or and, and strengthen our power or whatever it is. And the skull is found, you know, around the Mayans or in Az like the Aztec culture or whatever it is. And now it's it doesn't relate to anything. So it has to be fake. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, that's, again, that's, it's like, that's how archaeology works. Right. And, and, um, and you know, and, there's there's no way to, to understand how like to carbon date a crystal is the problem. You can't. You right. can't. It's impossible. Um, yeah. So the other thing, too, is that the the um, what is it? The crystal came from they say it came from Madagascar or Brazil. That's what the Smithsonian says. So it wasn't local to Mexico. So that was also an impossibility. Right. Because it has to be new and fake because <clears throat> the, the Mexicans wouldn't have access to crystal from Brazil or, you know, Madagascar. Which is a ridiculous notion. <clears throat> They're just holding within the time frame of, of when they think humans develop. That's exactly. It. There's exactly. nothing else to it. Right. Yeah. The other thing, too, that they really focus on to debunk it is is the Mitchell Hedges story because mm, his yeah. story is inconsistent. I mean, he had even said that he's not going to say where it came from, where he got it. I think there was one one piece of information I came across, even though his daughter says that it came from a specific area. He said he wasn't going to say ultimately where it came from, ultimately where it came from. So he was keeping something hidden about it. But it had changed hands earlier with other people. And Sotheby's found out. Sotheby's so got then, a hold of it. Right. So now they debunk that. Right? right. So now it's like that's used as this debunking tool against the age of it, at least. Right. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of these were created. There were a lot created in the 1800s because it was a business to create stuff. It still is. Actually, you can go to Peru and and there's this sort of underground market where you can you can buy um, creatures, <laughs> alien mummy creatures, because people will create them in order to sell to tourists 
or the underground black market thinking that they're going to get something out of it, thinking that, you know, people are going to think this is a real thing. So that's something that does I'm, happen. I'm in. I want some. I know, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. In the background somewhere in Peru, it's like a farmland, but they've got a 3D printer in their farm and they're just printing out like right. little alien skeletons. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So this this woman, Anna, who uh, was, you know, uh, Mitchell Hedge's uh, daughter. Um, what a like weird story. The whole story of this guy Mitchell Hedges it doesn't make any sense honestly because it, it seems to be that he was potentially a spy um you know he he gets involved with revolutionaries um in Mexico under the bandit Pancho Villa you know they they basically he gets caught they let him live in exchange for fighting with them he gets injured but somehow this guy Pancho Villa gives him the skull in like this is one of the theories of how he got the skull. He gives him the skull as a token of appreciation for fighting in the. Here is your reward for yeah. fighting with me. Is, I'm going to give you a twenty thousand year old skull that. You right. know. Yeah. Sure. Um, so awesome. The other the other uh, story is that Anna, so they they they're near a pyramid in in uh, you know wherever I don't even know where it was. They're 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 around a pyramid. They're excavating. They're on the top of the pyramid. They look down and they see through this hole a glimmer of light. Somehow this, the light is getting in there and it's shining down. So they drop Anna down with a rope. Anna, you know, they put some towels in the rope so that, you know, it's comfortable. And there's all kinds of like snakes and scorpions in there, just like Indiana Jones. And she somehow grabs the crystal skull and comes up with it without getting bit by a king cobra. It's because she was little. So yeah, she was little. They put her down there because she was little. She was 17, and she was probably a lot lighter than the other fatties that were with them excavating there. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So, anyway, this is her story. But then her story changes over the course of her life. You know, the older she gets, the, the weirder the story, like the different, the more different the stories get about what actually happened. Dan Aykroyd on the Joe Rogan show talked of a, um, her looking like basically putting another Indiana Jones scene where he like puts his hand into that thing and pulls the lever or whatever. And so she finds the skull in there and pulls it, pulls it out apparently. Right. Um, and that's how they found it. Um, you know, and then, yeah, the story of Sotheby's getting it. So apparently he, he loans the, the skull to Sotheby's why you'd do that. I have no idea. I guess they wanted to look at it. And then he sees in the newspaper that it's up for auction or something like that. And he gets furious. He goes down there and he has to actually buy it back from Sotheby's. Really? Seriously? Yeah. And check this out. This guy's story is like Mitchell, uh, whatever, Mitchell Hedges. Like his story yeah. is so unbelievable. Like at one point, what is he moved to New York City? He moves to New York City. He moves to New York City and he, he's he's um, rooming with some guy named Bronstein. Right. So two years later, the British Secret Service informed Mitchell Hedges that Bronstein was actually Leon Trotsky, the leader of the Russian Revolution. Like, what are the chances Wait, of what? finding a crystal Wait, skull? His roommate was Trotsky? That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so much weird stuff. Like, was this guy a spy? Because how are you, how are you getting involved with Pancho frickin' Villa? And then going from there and, 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 and having an apartment in New York City where you somehow get to room with a guy named Bronstein, you find a crystal skull, you have a crystal skull, and none of the stories make any sense. 
something about this seems like, you know, there could be some three letter agencies involved because like you don't right. have a story like that in real life. Like what are the right. mathematical probability of you rooming with Leon Trotsky? That is, that's just bizarre. That's yeah. really, really, really bizarre. That's a strange story. I don't, I've never heard that. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's like, <laughs> Me not it's like the metal plate in my head is heating up. It's like that kind of a thing. Do you really have a metal plate in your head? That explains no. a lot if you do. <laughs> I don't know. It's just one of those things. Okay, but check this know. out. So the, the story doesn't really end there because Mitchell Hudgens, when he got the skull, didn't really, it wasn't really like, uh, oh, this is a great skull. I get such great energy from this thing. No. Right. He called it the skull of doom. Right. And he, they, the speculation around that original crystal skull, the Mitchell Hudgen, Hedges crystal skull, is that it was used by high priests of the Maya when performing esoteric rites. And it basically is said that he willed death with the skull, if he willed death with the skull, death invariably followed. And it's been described as the embodiment of evil. Yeah. But, but but aren't they calling it the skull of love now? Well, they are. This is what's so strange about this. Is like, how do we go from it being the skull of doom to... Now, okay, is it sort of like the Spear of Destiny where, you know, Hitler's trying to find the Spear of Destiny just because the Spear of Destiny has this neutral power of whoever owns the Spear is victorious in war? Right. I don't know. But it's a strange... It's a strange story. Well, the story, yeah, it's, it's morphing. It's bizarre. I don't, I don't quite understand. I don't understand it. I mean, I'm still stuck on the Trotsky thing. Like, that's what I'm stuck on. I'm pretty stuck on the Trotsky thing, too. You know, I had, I, I had a, um, it was like my great, great, great uncle who, who, <laughs> who used to be a, tre he was a treasure hunter. And he, he, yeah, he went, so he went through the United States into Mexico, Central America, and would do treasure hunt, would go probably looting like these locations. And he ended up with a missing eye. And so he had to wear an Wait, eye patch. Why is this episode becoming a Goonies movie? I know, right? Like, is, like, exactly. We're like the so, little kids grown up from the Goonies talking about this stuff. And your, your exactly. uncle was one-eyed Willie, who happens to also That's, be, you know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like his life was a mystery. So he shows up in uh, Ecuador at a certain point. He gets married and his son eventually becomes the president of Ecuador. Like, what? I mean, that's like the Trotsky thing to me. It's like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> so weird. So weird. I mean, yeah, you know, it can these... happen, right? Like, it's not like it can't happen. It's right. just also important to call out the flags here you know well that's the weird thing is that that the trotsky thing reminded me of the story of my uncle and then how that's connected into this like wait how, how did his son become the president of ecuador like like that thing that whole thing is like this guy's looting i mean looting of ancient relics ties into people who become presidents families that become yeah. powerful and intelligence agencies involved in trying to get these items, which takes me back to the Nazis. Oh, yeah. Or I mean, the CIA in general. I mean, right. Exactly. How did, 
I mean, gosh, to this day, how did all of that gold disappear off of that train during World War II when you have, you know, General Patton going straight after the Nazis to intercept and somehow the gold gets lost? Like, come on. Yeah, no, it didn't get lost. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, right? I mean, so you've got gold, then you've got relics of power. You've got relics of power. And to me, it, it the, the whole crystal soul, skull thing you know, that original story really smells of intelligence operations Yeah. when you get to the story. So, so what's going on with it? Like, why is this, is this one of those things where, where oligarchs and whatnot are looking for these items to put in their personal collections because of the power of the skull? If I could have that skull and will death on my enemies, I need that skull. Well, well, but I mean the spectacular story of combining all 13 skulls at some point in history to reveal the knowledge of the gods would be something that the occult powers would be very interested in. Also, right. I want to point out that whatever skull the Smithsonian has, this is not the Mitchell Hedges skull. That one is owned by whatever that guy's name is, Bill Holman. Thank you. Um, in California, I guess, but right. um, the 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 skull of the Smithsonian just showed up on their doorstep in like '92, and um, it like they basically didn't understand it. They did some tests on it, and then the woman from the Smithsonian was like, "It's a fake," and then right. they still display it, as you said, right? Um, so, I mean, yes, it's like some of these are definitely hoaxes. Like, there's no right. doubt, well, they right? I mean, they did tons of tests on the ones that they had in their museum, um, in their museums, right? So they had they did tons of tests on them to find out if they were fake. But I don't understand what fake means by their criteria because they're already using uh, an idea, a fake construct, in order to determine what's fake. Because they're not taking. Who cares if it has machine marks on it? Machine marks literally does not mean that it's a fake and it came from the 1800s or whatever exactly it doesn't mean that because <laughs> cut marks are found on the giza pyramids yes right and it's all ignored so well and how about depends. those man those tra those tracks and that in the was it central america or whatever the tracks that like look like they're from gigantic machinery of the past i can't remember what they're called are, we, are you talking about they're the ones like on the ocean floor the what the ones on the ocean floor. They're in ocean, but then they come up onto some of these islands yeah. where some of these periods, I can't remember the name of those tracks, but it's like, I look at those and I'm like, you guys got to be kidding me. Like these are machinery from the past, you know? Those are, those are from the big, um, those big Jawa cars, you know, the Jawas. <laughs> yeah. It looks like, like actually <laughs> probably right. <clears throat> yeah. The easiest, the easiest, like, moving warehouses to like right. knock over in the history of design right there. Right. I mean, I've looked at those tracks. I'm going, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't <laughs> I, I got to remember that one. <laughs> Jawas. Hilarious. Oh man. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's strange. I mean, you know, there, there are a few of these, they are reported to be, you know, if you bring them together, this ancient knowledge is revealed. We know that the Smithsonian, there's the Jawa uh, warehouse. That's what I call it. They're literally just scrappers. They just throw everything in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, it's. 
there has to be some way. Okay, so we know like there's just not a thing that we can actually believe from the Smithsonian just because we right. we know like even if you believe everything the Smithsonian says, the accusations revolved around them hiding stuff, what we know about them hiding giant bones from the early 1900s. They're not a source. They're not an actual academic source of like fact checking, whatever you want to call it. Like you can't trust what they're saying. So there has to be some method that they have and know about to authenticate the actual true skulls. There has to be a way. Maybe they're using remote viewers like you to find these, track them down to bring them into one place. Because if they are valuable, if they do contain information, then you there's got to be people looking for these things. Where did this yeah. initial story even come from? I don't even know. Which story? The story of like thir there were 13 Atlantean crystal skulls and like where that's what I'm trying to find out. I don't understand because you know there are okay, so you find this a lot where it's like it came from Native American mythology or Mayan mythology, but I haven't been able to find an actual source on that other than channeled information. Or Mitchell Hedges was basically saying that. Or he was saying that, right. Yeah. I don't know about the 13 skulls. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what that means. Channeled mm. information, it's, you know, it's like in Aramamuru, channeled information was used to call that thing a, a, a portal, um, ultimately. Aramamuru is like a portal to another world in, in Peru. And channeled information was written in 1960s about a location that a priest went through to escape from the Spanish with like a yes. piece of alien technology, right? Yeah. But but the native culture have taken on that that myth that i that idea, but it was it only arose that idea arose in a book in the 1960s by a guy who was channeling. It didn't come from anywhere before that. Yeah. Right. So it's like maybe the 13 skulls. I haven't found like where it truly comes from, but maybe the idea of the 13 skulls is a channeled information type situation. Mm. Wow. That is an amazing image of that, like reported Stargate doorway. Yeah, that's on my bucket list. I've got to get there. Let's I do it, man. Expedition. <laughs> I'm in. Expedition, bro. <laughs> okay so you guys this is the uh, end of episode one uh in episode two we're actually going to be getting into the nature of crystals in general really strange phenomena revolved around these crystal skulls uh pop culture revolved around the crystal skulls and most importantly we're going to be getting into some of john's remote viewing data on the crystal skulls so stick around mm -hmm.